0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/host.
1: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parents' plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com.
3: The Square Ball Podcast. Well, hello there and welcome to the show Dan here from the Square Ball, along with Phil Hay from the Athletic, who we will speak to in just a minute or two. A quick reminder that our show is brought to you in association with West Yorkshire Electrical, fully accredited electrician, and now they do roofs as well. Um, Solar panel installation, this is why, because they do so many solar panels. Um, No cowboys let loose on your roof. What you get is good roofers to sort it all out, whether you're getting solar panels or not. They are specialists in renewables. Um, They do battery storage, electrical vehicle charging for your home and your business, all the usual stuff you would expect from an electrician as well, such as LED lighting, design and installation, testing and inspection works fire alarms, security alarms, school contracting as well, wyelectrical.co.uk, for details on that, find them on your socials as well, yeah. Got the roofers now, Phil. Excellent, As well as the Sparky Bits. Yes, good stuff. Covered all bases. Yeah, so we are recording straight off the back of the the game against Plymouth, the FA Cup tie, fourth round, draw. It's the result that we we pleaded in in terms of the show title for the show that we put out on Friday. No replay, please. Mm -hmm. They've bloody gone and done it. It was always
2: going to be the game of our lives, wasn't it? And so it so it proved. I don't know. I I was watching. I was watching Maidstone beat Ipswich, um, which is obviously exactly what what they hope for from the FA Cup every season to keep keep the theme of of magic going. And it's a little bit like you know David Brent in the office was he's talking about Dolly Parton and um, mm. um, what's the phrase he uses um, or the the line he uses. If you want the rainbow, you have got to put up with the rain. I guess if you want Maidstone beating Ipswich, you've got to put up with Leeds against Plymouth really which was kind of how it was um, game Leeds should have won but got away from them in the second half second half became a bit of a mess we were chatting to Falca not that long ago he was saying he didn't feel in the second half like Plymouth were coming into it more and, and that it was starting to get away from Leeds a little bit I did kind of feel like that's how it looked before they they scored and I think an avoidable result today they should have won that game they, they should, have, should have wrapped it up they should have avoided this you know, midweek trip to Plymouth that they're going to have to embark on now in a month which can't be rivaled. I don't think outside of seasons where Leeds have had European duties and, and European fixtures, I can't imagine they've had many months that have um, involved more road miles than this.
3: Everything all right at home with Mrs Hay? Because if there's an opportunity now
2: for her ice to go wandering, it's well, going to be in the next well, month. It, yeah, you, you were saying I, I, and, and I sort of said, you know, if she's <laughs> wanting to get rid of me, then this is uh, this is the month. Not, not going to be around around much. It's, it's nice actually to know that people do listen to this because somebody was in touch with me after the game on Twitter today saying you'll not only get a duvet from your petrol station vouchers, you get a king-sized one. And somebody was also saying that there is something worse than ralgex on your testicles, which is a certain type of shower gel. Apparently, even more grim.
3: Oh, um, mint sauce—that's the one. Yeah, that's mint sauce one. on yeah, your balls. No, so you yeah.
2: do not, do not do that. One
3: for it's one for the thrill seekers. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah,
2: hundred percent. The cold winter mornings. But um, it's it's an unbelievably busy month. This, we should say, it? by and the
3: way, we took we talked about both of those. By the way, in the previous show, Do we not yes. just bringing it up randomly? Yeah, Sorry, if
2: yeah. you are just coming in yeah. for the first time. Um, but this was uh, this is continuing a conversation. But they do have a a massive amount of traveling to do now, and they're going to have to get it right. And the I mean, clubs are. Clubs are ultra schooled in all this stuff, anyway. So it's not as if for Leeds this is anything new. Particularly in the Championship, you have a lot of long trips like this. It doesn't tend to be quite so London centric, where you can get down there really quickly. Um, you, you do tend to go to more far flung places, and the games in the southwest always do involve an awful lot of awful lot of mileage. So recovery will be important. There won't be a huge amount of training going, coaching going on in between because they'll have days where they have to they have to lie low for for a little bit. It feels like quite a critical period. <laughs> what what, what
3: they've been doing, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know how it goes. So they, they plan out the weeks and yeah, um, rest time. Managers, yeah, man, managers tend to do you know match day minus two, match day minus one, and you always have set um, set plans for it. It becomes really difficult when you're getting home at three, four in the morning and, and everything else. I, I would assume that they will try and fly to to games if they can. There will be some long um bus trips, as I say, it's not it's not as if this doesn't come come with the territory. It feels like quite a critical period coming up though, doesn't it? You know, get through these games and, and do well in them and Leeds will be really nicely placed. But because of the way it's been scheduled and because of how these trips are and, and how it looks, they're gonna to have to be careful not to not to spill points. Yes. Um
3: one of the points that came up in the post match press conference and what did you and the rest of the the press guys make of this is uh, the, the questions surrounding the, the substitutions or lack yeah. thereof. And it's something Michael actually mentioned on the on the match ball and we spoke about it, that you maybe want to see something a bit more proactive at times. Yeah. And, and we're saying this, these are very minor gripes off the back of a slightly disappointing FA Cup draw, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things is relatively inconsequential. But it's one of the criticisms that has been levelled at Farka a little bit this season. The, the failure to maybe look to... Um, take control of a game or take take control of a game back
2: if you like when it starts to get away from them he tends to go later but then rather you know later rather than sooner um, when it comes to substitutions and again I think it always looks worse when you don't make changes in the game see the balance of the game seems to be swinging team score like Plymouth did today and the first thing you do is substitute off the bench and and on It, it feels like well that change is coming now but really in the circumstances it should have come should have come previously. If you it feel, looks reactive. Rather it does. Than yeah. No. No. Absolutely. Uh, plenty of occasions too where managers make substitutions that don't work. Or change the team and it doesn't pay off. And, and you think, well, that that wasn't the right way to to go. But Farka does seem to err on the side of not rushing into switching things up. And, and sometimes it does it does look like a mistake. I did think today that there just was a little bit of a loss of control in this ten minutes before the goal. Plymouth was starting to get into it. Starting to get their teeth into the game. Was starting to look a little bit threatening out wide and it reminded me a lot of the the league game actually of Leeds being in control looking like they had the game in the hand that, that it was there to, to finish it off and then Plymouth you know just starting to starting to grow some fangs um, and starting to, to have a go and, and to fancy their chances Um, they'll be very happy with the replay I would imagine because it's no great shakes for them Um, it being at home home park it, it the big difference is for Leeds having to travel you know that that far down the road it's just not a fixture that Farka would have wanted to put in. <laughs> to put in the fixture list I have to say I've never had a day I don't think ever on Twitter where so many people in the last few minutes were saying just let them score <laughs> <laughs> everybody just be saying when Plymouth got that late corner someone messaged me and said just don't mark anybody just <laughs> leave everybody free me and my dad had exactly
3: the same and my dad stayed till the very end I should say oh, by the way today excellent. which is yeah, yeah. breaking break in form um, but we, we kind of joked like uh, he, he said to me just went do you think this will be it then you know when they got that corner you know the kind of gallows humour I was like, well, yeah, I mean, would you be that bothered? He said, oh, we could get it and go up the other end and score a breakaway goal. And I was like, yeah, either's fine.
2: <laughs> Just- there, were, there were some really big chances, weren't there? I mean, obviously the one before Anthony's goal where he hit the post and onto, had that shot turned onto the bar. The late one from Bamford where him and Joseph went for the same ball. And again, that, that seemed unmissable from the distance out, but it's it's gone past the post. I think the opportunities were there for Leeds to, to nick it, definitely. But I think that was the thing that really annoyed Farker afterwards, or that that disappointed him afterwards, was that they didn't put it away when when they could have done. And when they were in good shape in in the game, it it got ragged. Plymouth took advantage of that. And I thought, I kind of felt that given the way the second half went, that Plymouth were probably worth a draw in there.
3: Small details or big surfaces, tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall, whatever your next project
0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Uh, just going back to that question of um, the lack of changes or the timing of them. When that was asked in the press conference, was there any sort of defensiveness from Daniel Farker around discussing that? Because it has being brought up more than once now is he at all getting annoyed by it or I don't, I
2: don't think annoyed but i think he knows what we're getting at and he knows what the prevailing view is and, and i think on particular days like today when it doesn't work and when it, when it feels as if the changes have come too late his answer to it was that he didn't think plymouth were growing into the game he thought all that happened was that leeds missed chances um didn't kill the game off so plymouth started to think there might be something in this for us um i almost feel like that equates to the same thing you know of Plymouth starting to take more risks and to push further forward. They were definitely better in the second half than they had been in the first. And I don't know about you, but I felt like they were they were posing more of a threat and they were looking far more in the game mm. before they scored um than they had been, you know, certainly before before half time when it was pretty much all leads and, and leads were, were well on top. So yeah, and it's not the first time that the substitutions have come under discussion either. I always, I I think quite a lot about, you know, if I know we sort of shouldn't ever get ahead of ourselves, but you know, if if Leeds do go up, what it would be that would have to change, what it would be that would have to work slightly better, what it would be that would have to be proven either from players or from coaching staff or from Farker himself. And I think game management in the Premier League, when you're not one of the sides with the biggest budgets or the strongest squad is so, so important. I think even like a a day like Wednesday when Leeds didn't give much away against Norwich, actually, even though Norwich had loads of possession, didn't give too many chances away. But, even though you're, you're under the cosh and you feel like you're, you know, you're getting swamped slightly and, and you can't get hold of the ball, Leeds have so much quality in that side by championship standards that they can suddenly produce something out of nothing. And that gets you out of a, a difficult situation. I think that's far more difficult to do in the Premier League. And it will be a, a much bigger test at that point. But it's, it's always hard to pick fault, isn't it? Because the form's been good since the turn of the year. It's a frustration today but I suspect it's more of a frustration because of what this adds to the fixture list yeah. you know it's not Huddersfield away is it it's miles and miles down the road to Devon I'd rather draw this home game
3: than the one through the week let's put it well, that I, way
2: absolutely and also you know Preston I think you know Preston felt like a a, a bit of a watershed a bit of a watershed moment in that it would have been another result that Leeds couldn't have afforded because of the fact that they are chasing as opposed to being um, one of the teams who, who are being pursued Um, and I suppose in the grand scheme it wasn't Maidstone at home either was it because that is a that is a very difficult one to explain or excuse. I was going to say if you do that if you have Maidstone at Ellen Road and you lose that
3: game then suddenly and it it goes back to something you said the, um, the other week which has kind of stuck in my head and I keep thinking about actually is that football fans were all always minded to sort of tend mentally to steer towards the negative and think that the season long good form was all a mirage and actually this mm. is what the real Leeds are like and so if we'd have lost that game to Maidstone if it had been us for example you'd be saying well, well that's it that's the Leeds United we know and love they're back now finally and then you start to uh, you know project out the rest of the season and think well this is how it's going to go now for the rest of the season we've we've shown our true colours and it's all going to collapse from here so it's important to not kind of um, yeah. have those results
2: yeah happen the, the, the I mean team, I know I know it happened it happened with Bielsa didn't there as well yeah, of, co- of course it happened happened with everybody but it, it, the team has quite changed today as well i Found it pretty interesting that Pirro was up front suddenly with the router in behind, which makes you wonder whether that's the result of Ruta having been so effective at ten or having looked so good at ten, or whether actually Farker has looked at the structure of the team with Bamford up front. Um, I think you you said, and it was a really good point. This it kind of looks like a more obvious football lineup that you know it looks like a more obvious football formation with Bamford up top, and yeah, so it, so it was Pirro in that that position today. Um, and others as well who who played. I, I thought Anthony looked really sparky. Actually, it was a, a really good goal, probably as well as we've, we've seen him play in quite a while. I thought Nonto was disappointing. So, yeah, you know um, that echoes what we, echoes what we said on the match ball. I, actually, yeah, yeah. I've, just just knowing product there. I've written about Nonto because there, there is this feeling that they're they're getting close on a new contract with him. They certainly like to extend it if they can. And and actually in this window, you know, in the absence of any signings the squad building that's been going on is pretty much focused on the renewal of contract and contract extension. So you've had Archie Gray extend his, you've had Matteo Joseph um, extend his. They would like to do the same with Nonto. And I was just sort of writing today saying Nonto's kind of one of the few attacking players that they haven't really been able to tap into. Farker hasn't really got too much out of. And just to repeat what what I've, the point I made previously... I don't think what went on this summer has been in any way good for Nantoo. It hasn't done him any no. good. He hasn't delivered the transfer that he was after. It hasn't. It's cost him his place in the starting lineup. It it hasn't helped his form at all. He is playing on the right under Farker, whereas when he was coming through last season and when he was looking good, he was on the left. To play more on on the left. So yeah. I don't know whether that is is possibly having an effect as well. But I was just saying in the piece, you wonder if you know a new deal might just allow him to reset and to think to himself, okay, right, you know, this is it for the. Foreseeable future. I think to all of us on the outside, it would certainly kind of answer the question of is Nonto here under duress? You know what, what's his kind of attitude towards all this? um But he did. He just didn't get into that. I know he hit the bar early on, but there were the the slice finishes. There was just the kind of there was the the sort of in and out performance, which was more out than in. And whereas I thought Anthony Anthony shone quite nicely at points today, in particular that goal was great finish and great feet to get through three defenders, it just wasn't there with Nantu.
3: No, 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 I tend to agree. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? That um fans are quite ready often to uh put players in the bin for spells of of poor form. But you go back to when he was effective and he was one of the few bright sparks, wasn't he, under the under Marsh really, you know, like in some of the, the games that we um we managed to dig out, caused a lot of problems cutting in from the left. And you kind of wonder what what, what has changed. And the obvious thing to look at is the the, the destabilisation that happened around the contract so and he's still a very young man you just wonder if maybe he, he, just, he just like you say reset is a really interesting way to frame it is that he puts pen to paper there is a good footballer in there he just needs to remind himself and rediscover it and you wonder maybe it's part of um, his poor form his desperation to impress and because it's just not quite clicked for him you know and he's, mates, he's daft things like he's mates with Somerville He'll see Somerville flying, and you wonder what that does to his state of mind. When you think, "Well, it's happening for him. He's my best mate. Why is it not happening for me? Why can't I make this work for me?"
2: Yeah, although there is an easy answer to that, isn't it? And isn't there that you agitated at a daft time in the summer and or towards the end of the transfer window, and, and there were consequences. And Varker has picked a few fights this season, and he he does seem to me to be quite good at knowing which fights to pick and which fights he can win. So, for example, you know he's he, he's dealt with Nontu in the way that he did. He was very kind of forthright with Creswell sinistera as well when there was the issue with sinistera and it was slightly different with him you know Farkov I think was quite clear that there was a, a legal issue that needed to be sorted out with his contract but it was the same thing he, you know there was he, he was unsettled so he wasn't involved um, and in the end you know Nantes came back into the fold um, we saw uh, heard earlier this week from Farka saying how Creswell would be back in the picture and, and, and was back on the bench Did today. we actually forecast that one correctly in the show on Friday I think we might have done Um Let's we, say yes. I, I forget what we said on Thursday now. I mean, yeah, let's say yes. Th- People on, will correct us. I was going to say, it
3: was Thursday it was recorded, it came out on Friday, just yes. to avoid confusion. Yeah, we, we were ahead
2: of the press conference. I think we basically said, this is going to have to get resolved at mm. some point over the next few days, because otherwise you end up in, with a scenario where he, he doesn't go because there's no move, but he doesn't get reinvolved, and that doesn't really really work for for anyone. I mean, there's, there's part of you, the cynic in you, wonders if there's a little bit of convenience in this, in the sense that, Creswell doesn't want to be doing nothing for the next four months and it doesn't look like there's a transfer appearing through the mist. Farker obviously still has this question mark over strike, which makes spare centre-backs, and I know they play on different sides, but makes spare centre-backs more important again. Um, so to that extent, it, it, it works. But even so, he's kind of challenged Creswell to get back involved if he's going to, and to show that he wants to. And Creswell has, you know. So in the same way as Nonto kind of came back into the camp it's repeated itself. And and as I say, he he seems to know which fights to pick yeah. Parker, and which ones he can win. And it's it's a risky business that, because if you get it wrong, you know, it can really upset the dressing room. If you get it right, I think it helps to to hold the dressing room together. But yeah, non too, he's only twenty. He's still involved with Italy, you know, eye on on the Euros, is a really good footballer. I just think he's been he's been derailed really, hasn't he, by what went on in August. Yeah. With the pair of them, it reminds me of
3: that um that excellent meme. It's the it's the graph on the on the whiteboard of fuck around versus find uh-huh, out. Yeah, which is ultimately what that boils down to, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah. around and now they found absolutely, out. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think, and as in, found out who's in charge. Yeah, and and when we were talking on um, earlier this week um, or last week about um, you know Farker being very kind of honest and open about it publicly uh, about his reasons for doing it with both of them, and particularly Creswell, I, I think it's. It's the right thing to do as long as it's properly handled and it's done in the in the right way, because it it lacks credibility eventually, doesn't it? If you're pretending there's no issue when there clearly is. Yeah. Well, busy all week coming up. Phil, um, transfer deadline day is
3: actually on Thursday, according to our our research. Thursday night, first of February, um, just ahead of the Bristol City game. A season. We're talking about season-defining things. Next three or four days, are they going to be season-defining? Are they going to decide whether the leads go up, stay down? You know how risk-averse are the at uh, the 49ers what's the financial situation um, it's very intriguing isn't
2: it it is it is um, because you can tell when Farker speaks he didn't really have anything to add on it today and, and the answers have been pretty much the same all the way through January haven't they that he, he would like players in certain positions where it's where there's clearly not quite enough, enough depth but he isn't making much secret of the fact that financially it's not too easy and also can, I think the the bigger issue is persuading players that they're going to get any meaningful game time here, which they could conceivably, because, say, for instance, Strike is out for longer than, than Farker would like him to be, or if there's injury in a certain position, then absolutely they could get into the team. But I think the odds and, you know, common sense probably tells quite a few players looking in from the outside that the team's fairly settled and even allowing for days like today. Form's been really good right the way through and he, he does definitely have players who he... Who he trusts and who he relies on pretty regularly. So it hasn't been easy to this point. And certainly today, no sign of, of anything developing rapidly. Um, and as I was saying, you know, it the things that have happened so far have basically been contract extensions. That's that's where the, the work on the squad has has happened, um, with the exception of the outgoings of ailing and spence. But there would be no doubt, if the window closed as the squad is at the moment, that they'd be going out of it weaker um than they they came in, which is not ideal and, and is not great. And in the grand scheme, that might not matter and that might not happen. But I think what it does is it leaves you open to the criticism if there is a problem or if things go wrong or you find yourself short in an area that you could have covered. It's, a, it's like a form of insurance, isn't it, if you like? It, it basically is. I, I suppose the difficulty is if, and we've said loads of times that they, they are basically fishing in the pond of Premier League players who could be available on loan because they're not getting much much game time um, with the parent clubs at the moment. I suppose if persuading them to come is tricky because of what you're actually able to promise them. You run the risk, don't you, of getting relegated to play a a list of players that you don't really want or you don't particularly think are are good enough. I find it hard to believe that there's nobody out there that, you know, nobody out there leads can't get who who would help them. Um, But we're getting really close to the the deadline now and we saw Farker before the the Plymouth game and I sort of said, he, he kind of hinted himself that he really wasn't sure. You know, he was kind of Two minds about whether or not anything was going to happen, and I said to him, "You know, he got feeling that you might well go out of this window without anything added to the squad." And he didn't want to say yes, and he didn't say yes. He said, "You know, it's there's no point sort of putting a percentage likelihood on it of, of us signing anybody, anybody." But you knew that at that point, he wasn't able to say with any conviction, "We will definitely, definitely do business." So we'll we'll see where we go. Well, we're into the uh, the two keepers on the bench uh, yes. ter- territory. Yeah. In in like that game. Birmingham
3: so is, the, yeah. is that a, is that that a sign,
2: is that a message, or are we reading too much into that? Well he was asked that afterwards, you know, is is that a, a kind of pointer towards how few players you have at the moment? And it, and he made the effort, I think, t- to say to us, look, it's not a you know it's not two things at the board or anything like that. It's we're just our short of players. Some of had an abductor uh issue, if you can believe that. Um I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um a lot pro- of people have been in touch about abductor versus.
3: A doctor. it turns out we, we were corrected weren't we I know you retweeted it uh, do you have yeah. the hand to name of the person who did it by any chance I
2: don't unfortunately let me sc- I'll, I'll, let while,
3: while, we, while we talk about it I'll scroll down see if I can find you uh, your retweet but it was um, somebody who said that there is actually an abductor as well as an adductor and they're in the same
2: part of the old torso yes close by one another but an abductor is something else yes as well yeah and it sounded like adductor um, for, which would be the, the kind of groin area uh, for some of it. but it didn't sound particularly serious Parker was hoping he'd be back uh, for the Bristol City game, which I'm pretty sure, sure he will be. So yeah, like they, they are down on numbers. Gray was missing today. No Dan James either. It's not a huge squad and particularly on the right side of defence, you do think that a, a sign in there would make total sense. Yeah, it's the obvious one, isn't it? Yeah, it's the obvious it one. Um, just with reference to the Gray family as well, we should yes. send our
3: absolute um, deepest sympathies to Eddie and all the family because um, Stuart Gray died aged yes. only only 50 yeah, over very, the weekend. Yeah,
2: very young man with the a big family. They're, they're they're just such a lovely bunch. The Greys. Um, I've known Eddie and Linda for for years and years, and also Andy, um, is, is cousin Frank's son and and Archie's dad, who I know was was really close to, to Stuart. Um, it would be a really difficult period for them. This really really tough. I, I remember Eddie saying to me once that he's he's got two football loves in his life: Eddie Celtic and Leeds. And obviously Leeds mean mean a huge amount to him. But he grew up in Castle Milk, so he was a, you know, a Celtic fan and always, always has been, you know, really, really devoted one. And he said, you know, the, one of the things he envied about Stuart was the fact that Stuart had got to play for Celtic um, at some point in his career, which, which Eddie, Eddie never did. But weirdly enough, I mean, I, one of the first games I ever covered as a journalist was a, a playoff semi-final between Rochdale and Rushton. And Stuart, if memory serves me right, was captain of Rushton at the time. So I watched him in, in those games and he was a very good footballer, really talented footballer. Um, but I think beyond that, really, really young. Um, and and has been taken pretty quickly, I think. So, like I say, they, they've they've done a lot for me over the years journalistically, and really really sorry for them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and just to name check the right person, it was
3: at Dan P underscore LUFC who um, sent us in the stuff about the muscle. So good man. We'll, yeah, we'll wrap up the show on that note. Best wishes to the Gray family, and um, we will be back later on in the week to preview uh, Bristol, and we'll see if Leeds have done anything in the market. We'll see in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast.